Amen. All right. Well, I will not prolong the time uh, in the way of announcements really quickly. Um, this will be not our last audio um, uh, on Free Call USA, uh, but starting back next week, I'm going to start doing Facebook Lives. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll be on a couple of different platforms. We will be um, visible and we will also be on audio. Um, so that'll be starting next week. So if you prefer um, to just log into Facebook, that's fine. If you prefer to log into the call, it will all be available um, starting next week so that we can serve basically anyone who wants to tune into uh, what we do here at Community Ministries. Uh, we're going to expand from our little unit and we're going to uh, just go out to different markets. And, and the confirmation for that is what we're going to be talking about for this month. Um, so to kind of set it up, Uh, We're going to be coming out of Matthew chapter 25. We're going to start at verse 14. Um, And essentially, uh, this is something that is very familiar to us, um, but we're going to look at it through a deeper lens. I won't say different, but just deeper. Uh, We're going to go beyond uh, how we've heard it uh, to something that is applicable to each one of us. We're going to hold a mirror um, up to ourselves and and, and see where we can uh, adjust and improve so that we don't, in, in ourselves, hide different things that God has put into each one of us. Um, And so, again, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 25. Today, we're going to focus only on two verses. It seems like two verses is too small, uh, but there is a lot to unpack here. Um, Enough for a month's worth of series, but we're going to try to keep it concise. Um, So the series that we're going to be doing for this month is called Dig It Up. Um, And we're going to do our best to attack things at the root. Um, We're going to do our best to hopefully by the end of this month... uh, have some self-reflection time and figure out uh, what are some things that God has already assigned to us um, that we can take to the next level throughout this year. Uh, we are going to go into 2021 knowing that whatever it is that God has put our hands to do, we will succeed in it. And as a church, we will all win um, in our own respective ways. I, I pray that we collectively feel win as our church, but I um, uh, I want everybody to prosper as their soul prospers. So your soul is prospering from what you get uh, in the church building um, and in these Bible study teach, uh, teachings and in Sunday school or whatever we start back doing. Um, but then also, I hope that you prosper um, in the areas in which you, you know, you find yourself in. We're all in different uh, facets from construction to hospitality to events uh, to having, you know, to being entrepreneurs. So we all have different sectors that we feel and we, we should see great success this year um, in those respective areas. Um, So I don't have a title for part one, um, but hopefully as we really dig into these two scriptures, we'll find meaning um, and put a title to it. It'll it'll all fall into place, I'm pretty sure. Um, So again, we're looking at Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 and 15, and I'm going to read those to you um, in the King James Version. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants, and deliver unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another, uh, two and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. So in these uh, first two, um, two uh, verses here, we have a lot of things to isolate here. Um, and something that God kind of pointed out to me um, is that 
for whatever reason among the body of Christ, we have a lot of people playing small. Uh, we have a lot of people who are content uh, to just be behind the scenes. We have people who are in their cozy corner in their own little chair, their own little slice of the world, and that's all they want. There are people who God is calling higher that want to stay where they are for whatever reason. Uh, there are people who are, are dealing with fear, and we know that God has not given us a spirit of spirit fear, uh, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Uh, we have people who are, are anxious. Um, they're not doing anything for whatever reason, but anxiety about what the future could hold and things that could go wrong kind of plague them. We have other people who are making excuses of whatever sort, uh, you know, whether it be speech impediments, whether it be lack of education, lack of time, lack of support, lack of finances, whatever it is. These are all things that will begin to bury uh, what God is giving you. It's supposed to be above ground, but for whatever reason, we retreat, uh, we reduce ourselves, and we retract to these small places that God did not call us to. Um, and God is uh, just really driving uh, me to, to really call out false humility within myself um, and within the church as a whole. And it starts here with our little unit. Um, so what I also want to address is that when it comes to this particular um, scripture, a lot of people preach this as if we are all called to the entrepreneurial space. Everybody does not want to have their own business. God is not calling everybody off their jobs, right? God is not calling everyone out uh, to to the heights to, to Paris and to Tokyo and to New York and there's nothing wrong with that uh, God may want you to serve where you are but serve in a bigger way God may be in fact calling you to a promotion right he could be calling you um, from a small role to something of greater responsibility uh, so I really want to make sure that I address all those who have no desire whatsoever to be famous or to be a millionaire or to be highly visible to all people I really want to make sure that for those who are in Introverted, that you don't feel attacked by this. I hope that by the end of this, you feel empowered and, and, and just to know that whoever God has called you to be, that you reach the highest and most maximum potential in whatever that is. Well, again, it may not be the same of the world. It may not be the greatest of heights in whatever industry, but it may in fact just this year be a promotion. Um, it may be to a house where you've been renting. Uh, for me, you know, it, it will be to it will be to transportation. It will be a, a greater level than what you have been experiencing and that is the, the new standard uh, that God is calling us to and so the, the tools that I want to give um, each each one of us to dig up something um, because God has given us all the treasure each one of us he's given it to us and so I want to give you the tools to dig it up because what really bothers me and on a personal note, before I dig into uh, the, the theology of the text, on a personal note, what really bothers me um, about when people uh, bring this particular parable up is, is how we, beat, we browbeat people um, about what they're not doing and this, that, and the other. People just have life events that happen to them. Instead of browbeating people lower, we've got to say, here, these, this will equip you. This will help you to look at it in a different light. Uh, this will be something that you can tell the devil when those voices in your head go. Are. This is these are ways in which you can move past stagnancy. This is a way that you know what we can just we can attack regret at the root and move you forward. Um, and so, and 
really and truly, I want people to be empowered by this, but also I really want to call those people out who may not be able to see um, see themselves um, as playing small, because some people, like I said, they're comfortable where they are, um, and they don't feel like anything is wrong, nothing's broken, so they're not going to fix it. Uh, they finally found their little niche, and they're just going to stay there. Um, so again, I want people to be seen um, in the point that if you have been that person that has buried something, you will have the tools to dig it up, but also I want to hold a mirror to those who have gotten complacent and comfortable and, and that added push that God is calling us each higher. So what are some ways um, that we bury things? And, and if you're taking notes, um, you know, just write them out for yourself. I'm going to get back to sending out notes. So those emails will be coming. Um, the notes that I have here, I'm going to be sending these out. So the ways in which we bury what God has given us, it may not seem obvious, uh, but we bury them in jobs. We bury them in relationships. Uh, we bury them in communities. Uh, where where God is calling you out of a certain place that may be your hometown or um, among people that you grew up with or whatever those 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 places that we stay in right because it's familiar God is calling some we get buried by scarcity mindsets by feeling like we don't have enough so we don't get started at all uh, we feel like you know we're not ready yet we're not prepared or we don't have enough money and so we gotta wait until we stack this or we acquire that that scarcity mindset as if God is not giving us provision. Right. But also some of us deal with self-sabotaging behaviors. Um, just when things start getting good, we just, for whatever reason, we just go poking holes into stuff. Uh, we, we start doing things to undermine even our own, um, our own help and our own support. For whatever reason, we may be afraid of things getting bigger. And so we try to hold it tight and hold it small um, because we're afraid of, of the people that are going to come to the outside. I know even for myself, uh, I had to kind of think twice. I had to think around posting on my personal page um, the the number for people to call in today um, but I know God is calling me to that space to share uh, the gifts that he's given me it's not just for our small unit um, but it, in fact it's for more people that is what we're called to do um, and so not self-sabotaging by not allowing yourself to step into those simple opportunities of greater and better and also like I said before we really have to look at this false humility thing uh, we've made things be um, not of God We've made things be, oh, I don't want to go out into the world because I don't want to get caught up or whatever, whatever, this false humility thing or, or you know, I'm, I'm cool with what I got, you know, because if you get rich, it's going to do this. And it's easier for a rich man, uh, I'm sorry, it's e easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven or this poor man's gospel that we take on and, and not realizing uh, that we serve the king of kings, right? Even when he came here uh, to heaven as a, as a child, as an infant, uh, he was given king, kingsly gifts right um so to, to break the back of this poor man's gospel uh, is what we're here to do we're really here to un uncover what has been buried into the earth we're here to attack insecurity we're here to attack unworthiness and nervousness and, and anxiety over either what god has placed in your heart to do and sometimes it's simply what god has placed on you to say right the moments are either big um, and, and they last for just a second and some things we have to string together as if they're projects uh, so wherever you find yourself God is giving you something to say and you, you haven't yet mustered the courage to say it uh, or God is giving you a project that feels bigger than where you are right now and so where can I find this in the scripture when we look at verse 14 
of the beginning of verse 14 says for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country and there's a comma there so let's stop and let's unpack that so it's as if it's a traveling man what we need to understand is that God is a presence in this particular earthly realm right it's, uh, we don't really see God right because there's a scripture that lets us know that no man have seen God and lived uh, even when we think about Moses he experienced the backside right he experienced the passing by of God's presence because it was too much for him to behold right so in this particular uh, experience this earthly experience we do not see physically God the way we see the way that I see you every Sunday right I can see you in the physical and see you in the fleshly form but that is not how we experience God here we experience him by his presence it's a presence that is felt it moves throughout space and time and so what the way in which people see God is through us we become uh, the representatives of who he is and so when you look at the next part the next part behind that comma it says who called his own servants and so when you really look at that we are made in the image the likeness and we are empowered to be the bearers of God's light we are uh, the God that people see we are sometimes the only living word the only Bible that people can read um, and so what was really funny is I thought about the different times that my mom had left me in charge of my siblings or my mom dropped me off somewhere um, and she wasn't physically there with me but I'm an extension of her there were times when my dad was literally like alright I'm about to leave for a little bit don't embarrass me while I'm gone and so we really have to look at that when God has imparted and given us a level of responsibility uh, we have to really look at it as if we're an extension of who he is right we are representing something and we shouldn't make a mess of it and don't allow that um, I don't want to make a mess or I don't want to do I don't want to do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing don't allow that fear to overtake you you're not going to embarrass God because you are his own he already um, he already trusts you okay so when we look at the next part the reason why I know that he trusts you is because after that comma where he called his own servants it says and deliver unto them his goods right so the things that we're putting into the earth do not belong to us the ideas that we get um, the words of advice and encouragement that we get um, the the interaction the way that feels that is not something that we have uh, uh, what's the word we don't have ownership of any of those things they do not belong to us the children that we bear do not belong to us the nieces and the nephews and the friends friends and, and the wives and the husbands and the spouses uh, that we get do not belong to us. All these things have been entrusted to us uh, because God sees a level of responsibility that we can undertake. Also, what we need to realize in that is that all provision comes from God. So when we get to a space where we say, well, my pockets and my wallet and my bank account can't handle it, it's not for you to pick up the tab. This is not your expense to take on, right? So don't get the penny pension. Um, um, on a big task that God is giving you. Don't get to cutting corners on something uh, as if it's on your tab. All the finances will come. And something that struck me interesting is that God's attention is how people say, well, I had to scrounge up this and I had to I had to go and get that and it was hard to come by such and such. Please understand that when you went to certain people or to certain places, the provision was already there for you. All you had to do was show up. It did not belong to you. So it's not by your effort. It's not by your might that we acquire these things, but by the favor of the Lord uh, that he puts into each one of us. And so we don't have to worry about fronting the expense. Even if you say, I had to pull it from my savings, 
That money came from an opportunity that did not belong to you. That money came from uh, that money came from uh, the ability to do work. Right, the physical ability does not belong to you because think about it. If God were to take my ability to use my hands from me, right? How would I have to adjust? If God took um, mobility, if he if he put me in a place of paralysis, right? That is the ability that I don't have ownership of. There are people who cannot control uh, the movements of their limbs, right? There are people who do not have sight. Please understand the privilege of being able to see and to hear and to taste and to speak and to under, even to be able to understand what people are saying to you cognitively, right? There are people who cannot make sense of conversations that are being had with them. There are also people who wish to communicate, but their mouths are not saying what their ma- their mouths are thinking. So even the uh, even what we say does not belong to us the ability to speak does not belong to us the ability to have favor and to have um, opportunity none of that belongs to us all those provisions come from the wealth of God's kingdom and his grace that he extends towards each one of us okay so that is something where we have to really take it seriously the conversations that we're even able to have right how would it really feel if you were a mute or you were into a you were in a place where you could not speak the way that you wanted to you couldn't quite get your words out how frustrating with that be right and so we cannot take all these different rights and privileges for granted as if we have complete wielding over that power God can really render us into a place of true weakness and so when we find ourselves speaking these things over ourselves I can't do this I can't do that can't is a word that is, has imprisoned so many people can't is a mm-hmm. word that has shackled many before. It, it's a heavy weight. We don't realize the weight of, of saying what you can't do, right? Because if the, the power of death in life are in our tongues, the moment you say something can't be, can't be done, you already have put all these different restrictions and limitations over something where God has made you to be in a boundless <laughs> space, right? He's made all grace abound towards us. But when you, when you get into a scarcity mindset or you get into a place of unworthiness or insecurity, you are already have you started with a 10 pound ball chained to your t- chained to your ankles you started out already with a weight on you that you now have to carry right all these different thought processes even um trying to undo insecurity and unworthiness and all these uh conversations that begin to be had negatively even in our heads right we have to change our perspective um to a place of understanding that we are king we're already in god's kingdom we are already serving at something i'm getting a little bit ahead of myself but i really want to drive home uh the the value of what god is giving you nothing that god is giving you is insignificant nothing that you've experienced will be wasted right you can come uh well i'm getting ahead of myself let me stop myself there let's go to verse 15 when we get to verse 15 verse 15 i'm going to read it out and then i'm going to unpack it verse 15 it says unto one he gave five talents to another two and to another one to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey now what i really want us to focus on is the fact that god Well, in this particular, the kingdom is as if a traveling man, right? And so when we really look at that, to each he gave. Nobody was left out. If you spend your time quantifying what God has given other people, you miss the opportunity to receive the gift, right? You, uh, it's kind of like on Christmas. I had a couple of experiences like this. <laughs> These experiences where I was just like, well, such and such and such got more. Or, you know, this person, this and that. And I, and I couldn't even enjoy what I had been given. 
I couldn't really even see the truest potential because I was so busy looking at what other people had, right? Um, there have even been times where I've stacked myself up against people who come from trust fund money, right? Or whose parents made a phone call and, and got them into the places that I was. So busy looking at the disadvantages compared to somebody else. Please understand that everything that God has given you is to your advantage. That is your skill set. That is your tool. Please understand that if a fork is required and you got a fork, you are in business, right? Whatever it is you have will unlock the greatest possibilities of that room. But we begin to disadvantage ourselves by not realizing the gifts that God has given. He is so generous that to each one of us, he gave something. And we cannot be um, so jealous and so envious that we miss the power of God seeing um, and having grace and love and compassion on us to even extend the opportunity to do something. If God has put an idea on your heart on your heart or on your mind, he's extended to you the opportunity to create. And that is a very beautiful thing when you think about the fact that our creator has made um, millions and even billions of different types of things, right? There, Even when there's two of some things, like even think about bread. Bread at its core is called bread but there are different types of bread even thinking about hamburger joints there's different types of hamburger joints that will suit and fancy every person so we can't get to the point where we say well everybody's doing this no it is unique to you and that is a gift that God has given it giving you that he wants you to unpack but again you can't get into this sour face moment to the point where you just you uh, put yourself to the side and you staring and pouty face at what other people have okay so before we even get to the quantity part we have to really um, embrace uh, God's God's generosity right he is a giving God we serve a God who from the beginning uh, gave us before he even gave his son let's just ooh, that just hit my spirit before he even gave his son on the crosses which is what we we see as the greatest gift right he gave us the gift of air he gave us the gift of, of, of day and night. He gave us the gift of the sun, moon, and the stars. He gave us the gift of grass of every kind, right? Seeds of every kind. He gave us all these different animals and all these different things to behold and to experience. So even what we see when we first open our eyes before we even receive his gift of Jesus Christ, right? We have this experience in this world that he gave us as a gift. Please understand that he created this world for us to inhabit, right? He gave it to Adam and then, of course, to Eve when he subsequently created her. So we've been serving a giving God from the beginning, and there's no good thing that he's going to withhold from any one of us. So before we even get into quantifying what this person has or what that person has, he's gave us life that we need to experience here on this plane. If you weren't meant to be here, you wouldn't be here. He wouldn't have given you life to begin with. So that is your first gift before we even start getting into comparing ourselves uh, to other people. And there's a saying that says, comparison is the thief of joy. So looking at what other people have, you miss the gift of every breath that God has put into your body. When you look at the abilities of others, you miss the strength that God has put inside of you. And so that's just a quick prophetic word God gave me, and I'm going to move on. So now, now that we've established the fact that God has given, let us now look to uh, where it says the quantity of what was given. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Now, before I even get into uh, 
let's go into the amount given so when we look at the amount given we need to understand that God knows how much you can handle at first again when you look at those the initial offerings you miss the potential of the gift God gave you there is no minimum uh well I'm sorry there is no maximum cap on what you can do double is just the minimum expectation right you can take your one and you could have made 10 different things right with what you were given there are some people who uh had a really bad shot at life and have become even billionaires so there is no cap on your potential but yet we uh handicap ourselves yet we put a lid and we put a lid on this boundless experience that we're supposed to be having uh we isolate ourselves to one city in this whole big wide world we put ourselves around you know just a group of five people when there are billions and trillions of people to even behold an experience even if you never have a conversation uh with people when you're passing by just get outside of your comfort zone and just look at people right just look at different things and behold all these different things that God not only created initially but what people have created from what was given in the earth okay so when you really look at that amount he knows how much you can handle again at first so your potential may be a hundred things but you may not be able to carry it at first right if uh think about it this way if you're, uh, say for instance, God has created you to be a millionaire, but at current you can't handle um, your paycheck that you see right now. Uh, you can't save, you can't manage any money, your check is always gone and you're not able to move forward from where you are. So it would be irresponsible of God to give you that million dollars initially because it would be just like setting the money on fire. But that does not mean that with what God is giving you, you won't eventually get to a million. It's just what he gives you at first with where you are, right? It's irresponsible for us to give a baby keys. But it's so many different things. You start them out with a toy car and eventually they get up to not only having a car of their own but they may even get to a luxury vehicle there is no cap on it right there's unlimited potential right there's so many different things and options to choose from but at first God is giving he's meeting you where you are but a lot of times we we look at that initial starting point as if it's a slap in the face right well God you gave me this little bit and you gave that other person uh you know they started out in the mansion or they did da 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 you don't know where you're going to end up but if you if you keep looking at the starting line when the when the when the thing goes off you're not going to run your race each one of us has a race to run and we run that we run that race with uh with patience and we all are going to win in the end but you got to start but if you start looking at looking at sizing up your competition as if you're competing one-to-one you miss the fact that all god wants you to do is run your race and get there uh, in the timing that he wants you to be there. All God wants you to do is make use of what he's giving you. And again, it's unlimited. It's boundless. It's just that uh, making double of what you have is just the minimum requirement. Again, when we look at the scripture, a lot of times we look at look at it as if it's a two-for-one special. No, that's just where you start out at, and then you go from there and God continues to add things to you as you go along. Also, what we need to look at is uh, contextually what the scripture is saying. So when we preach this whole thing about talents, it, it, it irks me because talent um, in this particular context is a currency. It is a medium of exchange. It has nothing to do with skill sets or aptitudes. 
we look at it as if God is giving somebody um, just this this thing uh, that I don't know I don't know what to do with the skills that I have. No, what God has given each one of us is value, and the value um, is where we unlock where we have to find people who appreciate what it is that we're doing. And oftentimes, the reason why we feel so insignificant and so small is that we're around people who depreciate our value. We're around people who uh, quite literally are like casting pearls to the swine. We are around people for long periods of time who do not even deserve a moment of our conversation. Uh, We stay in places for 40 years to retire when God wanted you to really move around. And we stay in one position when in fact God wanted you to move up the ladder, right? You play small, right? But God has given you a great value that is supposed to find markets and it's supposed to find audiences and it's supposed to connect with other people, but we stay where we are. Right. And so whatever it is that God has given you, you are supposed to be exchanging it. It's not for you to hold in your hand. It's not for you to put on the back burner. It is for you to find mutually benefiting situations. And you use that again to barter to your next thing. You use that as currency. Um, you And again, when you think about currency, when the dollar is depreciated, you can't get as much forward, but somebody still wants that dollar, right? Uh, think about how uh, we don't think much of, um, think about think about this, for instance. You may only have $10 in your pocket, and they may all be in singles, but that is of value to somebody who's looking for change for a 10. Does it make sense? So you may be like, well, this is all I got. But again, no matter how you spend it, it is of value. So if you spend your time like, oh, I ain't got nothing, this and that and the other, you miss your opportunities to connect with other people. It may not be about the amount of 10. It may just be about the fact that somebody now has mobility by you exchanging and breaking down what they had going on. So we can't look at talent, again, as if it's a skill set or as if it's an aptitude. What we need to realize is that the servant and again I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit but each one of the servants was already in capacity they were already learning they were already in this place where they were trusted because of the experiences from times past they had passed different tests uh, different things that they had been asked to do they they faithfully executed already please understand that these weren't the only servants these were just the best at that time that were selected so at any given moment we can shine because God has selected us for selected us for such a time as this so what when we really look at talents please understand that we have already learned and we've already acquired training either through our experiences through our jobs people around us word of mouth is a thing books that we've read is a thing uh dreams that we have are already things at our disposal right so again talent is just when God puts that fire in you, that's the valuation that you need to be creating. Again, you need to uh, be imparting this thing from one person to another. Share your ideas with other people and don't be afraid to do that. Uh, share your handiwork. There are so many people who, um, you know, they may teach one person and then somebody else sat up there and made a, uh, it was in a book I was reading. This uh, this older man from, um, I think he was like from like the, he grew up in like the early 1900s or something like that, um, in the Dust Bowl type era. Um, and so he was trying to show his gar- his granddaughter um, how to shuck corn. And um, they didn't have like FaceTime at this point. So in order for her to, sh- she didn't understand it when he was trying to talk her through it. And so 
um, one of the other kids uh, recorded the grandfather shucking this uh, corn. And the way that he did it was like different. It wasn't like he did it the traditional way. He like put it in the microwave and everything came off clean. You know how like annoying it is when you're trying to shuck corn and you still got those little fine hair things still in it? The way he did it was like everything came off clean when you pulled away the husk, right? So the the video would upload phone to phone so the the other child put it on youtube just so it was like a linkable shareable thing and one person shared it from one person to the to the next now it was originally a, intended just for this granddaughter but it ends up being one of the most viral videos on youtube even to this day right people still search like how to shut corn whatever whatever so again don't think that whatever you've experienced has no value right this is very valuable information to someone so however god is giving you your methodology may be something that uh helps people save time right it may make sense to you and if you share with other people this is now a tool that they can use uh, when they're going about their business right um and so all these different things again have currency and they have value and god has put it into each one of us but we can't focus again on the talents as if it's a skill set or an aptitude but rather we have to look at it as a currency evaluation and a medium of exchange, okay? So something that I also want to make sure that we know is that um, you are supposed to find an audience outside of where you already are, okay? So when you're sharing things with your friends, that's cool. When you show something to some of your family members, that's cute. Even with some of your close co-workers, that's cool, but those people are not your market nor your target group. You can start, you know, start a ministry in your living room, but it's got to go beyond that. We can start something in Pittsburgh, and it's nice for the people in Pittsburgh, but it has to go beyond that. We can, again, start small, right, a little show-and-tell moment, but you can't isolate it to just that. You really have to break out of where you are and understand that, again, the people that are around you always don't appreciate what you do, and, it, and it's not their fault. They're just not your audience, right? So sometimes people I've heard, especially in the branding and marketing world right now, people are always saying, oh, it's the people that's closest to you that won't support you. They won't buy nothing. They won't do this. That is not your market. <laughs> that is not your target group. And so you cannot be um, dismayed. You cannot be disappointed or frustrated by people around, the closest people to you not seeing your vision. It may not be for them to see because, again, they're not your market. They're not your target group nor your audience, okay? And so I need y'all to really, to really unpack that when we look at talent, the word talent itself, okay? So then the next part I want to unpack is where it says, and again, I'm going comma for comma, right? Again, he gave one five, gave one two, gave another one. And then this next part is very important in the King James Version. The other versions kind of miss this point, but I want to drive it from the King James. From the King James, it says, to every man according to his several ability so like I said uh, the talent part we've made that word try we've tried to make that word be synonymous and it is not it means something in fact totally different from where we've made it to be here in this current day again talent is the equivalent of currency uh, whether you look at it like a $20 bill or a $50 bill or whatever it's a medium of money it's something to be monetized it's something of value and what the the part that we've made out to be talent is the part here where it says according to the several abilities they already had 
um, the aptitude to do this. So when you get to the point where you say, I'm not prepared, I'm not ready, I'm not the person for the job, you've missed the whole point. God trusts you because you are already the one. We've gotten to this gospel, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna repeat this anymore. We make this gospel be, uh, God will move you from the front to the I'm sorry, move you from the back to the front, even when you ain't qualified. Not so. <laughs> God has already qualified you. It just may not be according to the qualifications on the paper, but you are qualified. God is not gonna move you from kindergarten. To, uh, to freshman year of college and you ain't learned nothing. We need to stop preaching that gospel. God is not fast-tracking you without equipping you, teaching you, and you learning and experiencing different things. Every single thing is a stepping stone to, to the next level of where God wants you to be. It is, in fact, a staircase, but we want to make it be to this jumping to the front of the line as if God just warp speeds us. No, all these things happen in its own time, and God reveals that thing. You already have the abilities that you need for what God has called you to do. You don't need another book. <laughs> you don't need another course. You don't need another seminar. You do not need another another pep talk. You don't need another person to pat you on the back and cheerlead you along. You have every single thing that you need already. You just got to get started. We spend so much time, again, at that starting line, looking around like, oh, woe is me. What am I going to do? Uh, we're going to use our past to disqualify us. Oh, well, God can't use this and that and the other. God can use whoever he wants to use whenever he wants to use them because they're usable. Okay? God is not going to call you. If he needs a bowl, he's not going to call a cup. Please understand that whatever he needs, you already are. I will say that again. Whatever God needs for whatever moment in time, he's already shaped and fashioned you to be that. So don't get into, again, this woe is me mentality. I don't know why God loves me. I don't know why he put so much responsibility on me. I don't know what they know. I don't speak how they speak. All this, I can't say the word that I want to say, <laughs> but all this BS that we do uh wasting time right on insecurities wasting time on scarcity mindsets wasting time on what we think other people will think of us all that matters is what god sees and again it is usable he's not going to call you to be something that you're not you're going to be fashioned just for the moment the space and the time perhaps they don't people don't want what they've had already Perhaps they want you because you're a fresh voice, a fresh face, right? Perhaps they want to hear it the way that you say it. Perhaps they want it the way you cook it, right? Whatever is unique to you will have audience. It will have market and it will have a target group because, again, you already have the skill set and abilities. So I want to attack I want to attack head on the people who feel like they're not prepared, the people that feel like they're incapable. God is giving you instructions because you already came with equipment. Think about everything that you purchase. It has a set of instructions on it, but the words on the paper don't mean nothing without what's already in the box. And I can shout right there. I can run myself clean out of here. God has already put something in your box, and he's giving you instructions on how to put it together. So, again, when we want God to have all, all these things shaped and polished for us, and we want him to just put it in our laps, and we don't have to do nothing for it. And again, we want him to jump us to the front of the line without any credentialing, without any education, without any certification of any sort or experiences or know-how or knowledge or tips and tools. Not so. There's something in your box that God has already equipped you with. You need to start reading those instructions. It's already there. You don't have to go out and do nothing else. 
Think about how things have been created nowadays. It has an Allen wrench in it. That's a multi-use tool, so you don't have to get all this other stuff to put it together. You can do it with what's already in the box. And again, that's a word for somebody. Everything you need is already in your box. You don't have to do a whole bunch to put it together. Just read the instructions. Listen to the guidelines that God is giving you. So again, the skills, the materials, the relationships, even the finances, it may not seem like it's in your, your bank account, but it might be in somebody else's pocket. And so if you're daring enough to have conversations with other people, we have not because we ask not. God may have already given you an elevator pitch to say to somebody else or a conversation starter that will pique their interest and make them engage enough to the point where they want to fund what it is that you're doing. So we have to, again, maximize and step out on the word that God has already given us because, again, we're capable, we're prepared, we're equipped, and we are ready. According to our several abilities, it is time to activate those things. Lastly, it says, and straightway he went. I really want to press upon you that God trusts you. God is not putting more on you than you can bear. Even if the dream is bigger than you, it is not more than you can bear. It is not more than you can handle. It is not more it is not more on you. God trusts you. So all that imposter syndrome has got to come down. All this false humility, we gotta bust it in the jaw. Right? All this scarcity mentality, bust it down. All this, I don't speak like they speak. I don't dress how they speak. Whatever your excuse is. And I don't want to get ahead of myself when it comes to excuses. That's a couple of verses down. But again, understand that straightway he went. So what that means, what God showed me, is that there are systems already in place for you to succeed. Because why would um, why would um, the businessman leave and go on and do something else? That means that he's already put stuff around you that's going to work. It's already built to succeed. A lot of times we think that God has set us up for failure. Not so. Everything you need is structure around you according to your experiences. But a lot of times we look at our past with frustration and not, uh, and not with another lens. What did I already learn? What did I already experience that made God put find responsibility and favor in me? Who is already around me that can do this while I'm gone? A lot of times people will not move from where they are, especially on jobs. I know for a fact I experience this a lot of times. Well, if I if I go here, you know, ain't nothing going to get done because I got to be here to watch this. And who else going to do it but me? Not so. <laughs> there are systems in place and other people that can step up to do what needs to be done while you move the way that God wants you to move. Again, you may not be leaving the building, you may not be leaving the city, but you're leaving that particular area to go do what God has called you to do. Also, what I need us to understand is God is not a micromanager. He is not a babysitter. When he tells us to do something, God can go on and go talk to somebody else. He can go and bless someone else. He can go and be in somebody's presence or whatever, right? He is not going to sit there, though he watches over his word, because he's already affirmed and commanded you to do it, and he has absolute confidence in you, he don't have to sit there and hold your hand the whole way through it. A lot of times people are like, well, God, where are you? He already gave you the word. He already gave you everything. Again, everything you need is in the box. Why are you going out and trying to get this and trying to get that? You already have it. Why are you bugging me? Parents, think about how it is when you give some, when you give a child something, 
and they don't even try. They don't even look. They always coming to you. Can you do this? Can you do that? Where is this? Where is that? Can you can you put this together? It's not can you help me? It's always can you do it for me? And then I'd be like, oh, cool. No, God is not going to do every single thing for you because he trusts you. He knows what you're capable of and he wants you to rise to that occasion. Understand that they went from being servant to now being independent, right? In a servant moment, I'm going to tell you everything you need to do and you go out and whatever. He's giving you the creativity to now go and do it your own way. Put your own little spin on it. It don't matter how you bring me back what I gave you. It's according to your personality. I trust you enough. I put enough in you to where you can go and flip this thing and bring it back. I trust you, even if you are a stutterer, (laughs) right? When you think about Moses, think about how many problems Aaron caused for Moses when Moses was already capable of speaking. He, he grew up with he grew up with Pharaoh so Pharaoh was Pharaoh was well aware that he stuttered can we really unpack that <laughs> Pharaoh had already had several conversations with him and now for whatever reason Moses wants to be insecure and say I stutter for why <laughs> you were just the prince of Egypt for why you already have you already have audience you already have clout you already have favor right it doesn't matter all these excuses are for not okay because it discounts it it discounts and reduces the high quality that god has given you Ooh, that's something right there again i i, I will sum it up in three words god trusts you and the word that he's giving you not only is a command i want you to do something with what i've given you but it's also an affirmation his love how he sees you you reflect his glory you will reflect his his likeness and his image and you have his preceding word on your life and so the confidence then comes from taking God at his word so if you are you know and I don't want to get into a regret space right we'll, we'll, we'll definitely cast down and rebuke the, the spirit of regret but what I want us to see that is from this point forward every moment that you spend not trying is a is a is a moment that the enemy can use against you we're gonna wipe the slate clean if it's decades old that you should have done something let it go (laughs) let that guilt let that hurt let that shame go from this point forward my favorite one of my favorite scriptures that that really helps me a lot is to to him that knows to do and does not it's a sin so if you didn't know before this moment it's innocent, right? You just didn't know no better. But for, from this point forward, you know better. God is trying to empower you day by day, step by step. Think about children. They stumble. But when you cheer them along, they just start moving around the world and they get more confidence from the, from the different things that they try and they succeed at. They may fail at something, but it makes them inquisitive enough to figure it out, right? I've watched babies just like, just keep at something and it's just funny and comical to watch how determined they are but it's just like they keep going at it until they figure it out and the joy that's on their face when it when it when it manifests and when it connects is something that I can't even put into words but it warms my heart and so for each one of us even if we're starting at the entry level right even if there are some things that we don't um we haven't quite yet gotten we will get it along the way but if you stand if you're stagnant 
If you stay where you are and you're not in the place of provision and you're not moving according to God's will, you cannot become more confident. You will, in fact, get to a place where you regress. And and it's, it's not like riding a bike. There are some things that you lose over time if you don't use them. And so the word of admonishment is that your confidence comes as you move forward, not as you move backwards, okay? And so, again, God is not a micromanager. Everything that he's put around you, you are capable of doing, right? You cannot remain where you are. You cannot even look and say, well, this person ain't going to do that. And this, It doesn't matter because he gave it to you. And the last thing I want us to understand is that God's word cannot return to him void, even when we come to him empty-handed. Because God cannot lie, if he said that you can do it and you say that you can't, that's when a liar can't tarry in his sight. You are the one that came up short when you were full of potential. And that potential that God is putting you is endless. It is boundless. Again, even if he only gave you one talent, that's just the starting point. That doesn't mean that he won't give you other stuff Again, that's a currency, that's a valuation. God is giving you what you can handle for now, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to add more things to you. There's a scripture that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness, and all these things he will add unto you. So wherever you are is just simply a starting point, but you've got to move forward from there. Okay. And so that's, that, that concludes what I have to say. If there's anyone who has any questions, comments, or concerns, the floor is now open to the students, and I will stop talking. The thing I would encourage you to do that I know that when we're in class, it's hard to, um, there's no stopping point. Like, I have to keep talking. And so I pray that you would, week to week, um, listen to the recording and take notes. Um, because I, I believe that by being able to pause things and have moments to reflect on the, the nuggets that you're given, um, that will equip you for the future. So I know it's like a lot to hear in, in one hour, but I pray that um, as I start sending out these recordings and these notes, that you would take your own notes and you would come to your own conclusions um, and your own Bible study time. And so with that being said, I will pray us out. Father, I thank you for this time, this space, this opportunity uh, to go where the power of the word is. I thank you for the ways in which you touch each one of our hearts. I pray that you stirred up the good. Uh, I pray that you stirred up our pure mind. I pray that you stirred up our confidence. I pray that you stirred us not only in the way for this moment that you that you would have stirred us in the action for days to come. Father. I thank you most certainly uh, for each person that is on this call, Father. I thank you uh, because you are worthy of praise. You are worthy for honor and glory. And so we have to reflect that glory. Um, so I pray that each one of us lets our lights shine uh, for all men to see in whatever capacity that you've given us to be lights in this world, Father. Um, I pray that what you've given us is what will be peace on earth, Father. We know that there are so many things happening, um, but this is the time for us to dig up the treasure that you put in each one of us and, uh, and exchange um the dangers and the harm of the world for peace and for stillness and for calm. All those things that you put in us is what's necessary for today. You've already given us the balm in Gilead. You've already made a way of escape for each one of us. And so I pray that we become active doers of your word, Father, and that we're emboldened and encouraged to go further. And this week, Father, I pray that each one of them 
experiences a win of some sort, a success of some sort, Father. Allow all grace to abound towards them. Make a way out of no way for each one of them that not only will you, they know that you are God, but they will know that you trust them. They will know that responsibility can be acted upon, Father. And so allow them to come back to you, having made good on the breath that's in their bodies, making good on the ability and, and the, the mobility that you've given each one of us in whatever ways you've blessed us. And in this, I pray, Jesus' great joy be upon them. In your son Jesus' name, amen.